podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. If you are a returning listener, then welcome back, my friend. Glad to have you back to the podcast. If this is the first episode that you have listened to, then I'm so glad you're here. And hopefully you'll find something in this episode that will help you and that you would feel like you would want to share with others so we can increase our community of helping each other to live healthier, stronger lives. You know, I got to thinking um, about different coping strategies and issues that we struggle with and something that I deal a lot with in my practice um, is anxiety. It's very prevalent and it's actually one of my favorite things to to do therapy with is anxiety. I guess it's helpful to know right from the beginning that anxiety is sort of like a fear baby. Fear is the father of anxiety. If you are anxious about something, technically, you are afraid of something. So it's helpful to ask yourself, what exactly am I afraid of? And that word exactly is very important. We have to step back and really look at things almost like frame by frame to figure out what we're afraid of. If it's an individual, then what exactly are you afraid of about that individual? If it's a situation, why are you afraid of that situation? And if you are afraid, then clearly you think something is going to happen or you wouldn't be afraid. There's something inside of you that has decided that something fearful is going to happen. And being able to figure out exactly what that is, is going to tell you a lot about why you're afraid. Something to consider when you're evaluating anxiety as well is boundaries. And I know you all probably get tired of me talking about boundaries, (laughs) but I love them. They will absolutely save your life. And boundaries are a very essential way of being able to determine right from the get-go how much of what I am afraid of is my issue and how much is someone else's. What of this situation is my responsibility and how much belongs to someone else? Your responsibility would be your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. For example, if you've done something that you feel like has hurt someone's feelings and you are afraid they are going to reject you and abandon you, then you have the right 
And I could say also the responsibility to own your own behavior, understanding that you are simply a human being, you're not perfect, and you're going to make mistakes as long as you live. The better you can understand that and accept that, the more relaxed you're going to become. So if you have said something that you think might have hurt someone's feelings, then go to that person and acknowledge what you did, own it, and apologize for it. And if there's any amends to be made, then you can make those amends. However, once you've done that, how the other person receives what you say, how the other person responds to your apology, you have no control over. And so understanding what is within your control to change and what is not. For example, would it, would it be very helpful to continue to be anxious and afraid that once you've apologized that the other person is going to hold a grudge and tell other people bad things about you? They might. They might do those things. You can't stop them. But if a person is going to do that, I guess it would also be worth a reevaluation of how much you really want that person in your life. So you see how setting boundaries kind of leads you from one step to the next to the next so that you can create a healthier atmosphere for yourself. Now, so something else that we do when we are being overrun with anxiety is we start this what ifing business. What if this and what if that? It, you'd be surprised how much what ifing goes on if you really stop to think what you're doing. Even the example that I just gave you a few minutes ago, you know, what if they are mad at me? What if they reject me? What if they abandon me? What if they tell other people bad things about me? It's a good idea to just face those questions and then answer them. What is the what if question? Then answer it. Okay, so let's use one example. The example that I just gave. So what if this other person that I'm using in this example um, decides to hold a grudge and wants to tell other people bad things about me? Okay, what if they do? Okay, that's, that's not going to feel very good. No, it's not. And these other people, they're either going to believe what is told to them or they won't. I can't control that either. If these people believe these bad things that are said about me and then in turn treat me badly, well, no, that's going to be uncomfortable. That's, I'm not going to enjoy that. That's going to be uncomfortable. But if that's the case, then, you know, maybe we need to set some boundaries with those people. If they are individuals that are going to believe negative things about you without knowing for sure what actually happened, and then they're going to in turn treat you badly, then trying to set some boundaries with those individuals will help you. For example, they might be coworkers, or they might be involved in your social circle, or they might be family members. They could be any, in any of those spheres. You can decide how much you want to in interact with them. Because you can't stop someone else, again, back to boundaries, you cannot stop someone else from 
concluding something about you that is very negative. You cannot stop them from being angry with you. Maybe they don't like what you've done or said or whatever to another person. They have a right to their feelings. You can't stop that either. But that doesn't mean you have to allow yourself to be attacked verbally, emotionally, whatever. Most people aren't attacked physically. Some people are. So you can set boundaries in those instances, like blocking them on social media, uh, blocking them on your phone. There's any number of things that you can do to set a boundary with individuals that are doing that. So that was answering a what if question. What if these people believe what's said about them? If I, if I apologize and this person holds a grudge and then tells other people terrible things about me and they believe that person and then they tr in turn treat me badly, that's very scary. And most of the time people are scared because they don't see anything they can do about it. They feel victimized. And that naturally would be the source of quite a bit of fear. But when you're back to boundaries, you do what you can, and then you let it go. You move on. Also, especially for people that are people pleasers, it's also worth you know, stating that, yes, you might disappoint someone you might not please someone you your behavior might cause someone to be angry okay so that's in an extension another what if question what if i try to please this person and i can't do it what if they don't approve of my choices what if they get angry with me okay so again, we're talking about your behavior versus someone else's response. You own your own behavior. If you feel like you've done something that is hurtful in some way, then by all means, own it. Don't make excuses. Own your own behavior and apologize um, if you feel like that you need to. However, sometimes we're just trying to please people. And if you try to please someone and you're like, what if they're not pleased with what I'm doing? What if they're disappointed in what I did? What if they're mad at me because of this or that? So my next suggestion would be using a word. And it's actually a question. And the word is and. So an example might be a woman going into a social arena and she's scared. She's anxious. She's scared that the people there are not going to like what she's wearing. The other females. Females, by the way, can be notoriously critical and judgmental and catty. But we can also be very lovely people, too. <laughs> so anyway, using the example, if this woman walks into a social situation and she's terrified that... Her apparel is not going to be approved. So the question would be, and? Okay. It's a, that's a, in essence kind of answering the what if question. What if they don't? And? Well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel ugly because they didn't approve my clothes. 
Okay. All right, keep going. So you feel ugly because they didn't approve your clothes. Next, what do you do now? You know, you have to think, you just keep going. See, anxiety likes you to stop. Like imagine, imagine a, um, a fairy tale. Like all the fairy tales that I can think of, they start out once upon a time and then around the middle of the fairy tale, it is a freaking mess. I mean, it's terrible. You've got Cinderella running from the ball. She's flying out, lost her shoe. Her, her carriage is turning into a freaking pumpkin. Her horse are turning into mice. You've got um, Snow White in a freaking coma. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And every fairy tale, right in the middle of it, it's just, it's just a shit show. So what anxiety wants to do is to take you right to the middle and freeze you right there. You're frozen in the shit show. What I'm suggesting that you do is keep turning the pages. Keep turning the page. Keep turning the page. So like going back to the example, the woman says, well, if I, if I walk in there and I'm scared to death that they're going to reject me because they, they don't like my clothes. Okay, what if they do reject you because they don't like your clothes? Well, they're going to think I'm ugly. Okay, what if they do think you're ugly? Hmm. Well, what if I am ugly? Okay, are you? Well, I don't, I don't know. So you just go, so you keep answering the question to get to point, to bring it back into what's in your yard. If there's something that you want to do, do you want, you know, like the example, does she want to go change her apparel? Does she like her, what she's wearing? Or does she not like what she's wearing? If she wants to go change her clothes and wear different style, then have at it. But if she feels like she's just changing it because someone else is going to reject her because they don't like her clothes, that might mean she needs new friends. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't get stuck in the what if. Answer the question. Keep going. Keep turning the page. Now, what if you set a boundary and somebody rejects you because you've set the boundary? They don't like you setting the boundary. And so they're hateful. Well, that's something we're thinking about because we have rights to set our boundaries. And usually when we're having to set one, that means that the people around us or maybe a person around us, could be one, could be several, are not particularly respectful of our boundaries. That's why we're having to reinforce them or set some new ones. Because like I've said before in my prior episodes, usually I think they're the first five episodes I did a lot on boundaries you don't think about boundaries when you're with people that naturally respect them. It's sort of how you don't normally walk around thinking about your throat until you have strep throat. And then you think about your throat because something's wrong with it, because it's hurting, it's in pain. Same way with boundaries. We don't walk around thinking about boundaries. But if you're in a situation where someone is not respecting yours, or pushing and shoving their way into your yard, telling you what you should do or shouldn't do, or demanding that you be responsible for their yard, those are boundary breaches. And when that's happening, yes, we become aware of our boundaries. So then what if we try to set a boundary and someone doesn't like it? Well, I'll tell you right now, if you've been in a situation where you have not really set very healthy boundaries and then you all of a sudden start setting them, there will be pushback. People do not like it. And really, to their point, 
you've trained them. We train people what to expect from us. And so if they expect you to behave a certain way, it's because you've, you've taught them that you would. We have to own that. So when we switch around and start setting healthy boundaries, we have to have some compassion for the people around us because they're just, they're just doing what we've taught them to expect. So we're kind of changing the rules on them midstream. But you have to be consistent. So if somebody rejects you because they don't like your boundary, what do you think that means? Do you want to continue to be in a relationship with someone who says you're going to do it their way according to their boundaries and you're going to allow them to treat you however they want to or they don't want to have anything to do with you? Hmm. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a song that I loved back in the 80s by the CNC Music Factory. It says, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> so... You know, yes, scary things do happen. But think about this. Are they happening to you right now? Is whatever this uh, anxiety that you have, this fear of, of this may or may not happen, is it happening right now? I'm telling you, the vast majority of the time, it's not. What we're so scared of what we're what ifing about. What if this? What if that? I'll tell you right now, the, word, the two words what if implies it's not happening right now. Or you wouldn't be asking the question. You're asking the question because it's in the future. Because you don't know what's going to happen. That's why you're saying what if. That's about the future. So any what if question means it's not happening right now. But you're saying, well, okay, Dana, yeah, but it could all right. And what if it does? Again, back to the prior coping strategies. Answer the what if question. What if it does happen? It's like doing a preemptive strike. It's like you're playing it all out in your head before it happens and follow, keep turning the pages, follow it all the way through and establishing the boundaries. How much of this belongs to you? How much of this belongs to someone else? A newsflash, if you don't already know this, everybody's not going to like you. I mean, do you like everybody else? Every single person you've ever come across in your life, have you liked? Of course not. Are there some people you actively avoid because you can't stand them? Yes. Don't lie. Okay. So why should everybody like you? They're not going to. I mean, look at it logically. We all have lots of different personalities and we all have lots of different backgrounds and we're all pinging off of each other on this planet. There's no way that we're all going to like each other. So when someone doesn't like you for some reason, so what? Let it go. Everybody doesn't have to like you. You just have to find your people. The people that really do like you for you, not because they're trying to force you to be somebody you're not. Now, as I was thinking about anxiety and fear, a couple of things came to my mind. One of them is sometimes you run into someone, and you might be one of these people, that has generalized anxiety disorder. Now, that is something that needs to be worked out with a therapist almost all the time because those people, they view anxiety and worrying sort of like, um, like a talisman like a superstitious talisman. Like if they, as long as they can keep worrying about something, then it won't happen. It's like their insurance policy. 
if they stop worrying, then it's going to happen. And so if you happen to have that mode of thinking, then I would suggest that you reach out to a therapist and get some help with that. You don't have to, like I've said in the prior episode, just because you've experienced something in the past doesn't mean you have to experience it in the future. But it does mean at times you have to reach out and get somebody to help you if you can't figure it out on your own. Okay? Something else along the lines with anxiety and fear is uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. You know, those individuals are very focused on they're anxious because they feel like if they can do a certain thing, it's going to prevent something bad from happening. Uh, An example might be someone feels like they have to ritualistically touch their body in a certain order 25 times, and if they can do that, there's not going to be a wreck out on the highway. And if they get interrupted, well, said they they get all the way up to 24 and they get interrupted, they have to start all over again. And it's, it's the source of a huge amount of anxiety for them. And they feel like completing the ritual will reduce the anxiety. And it does temporarily. But long term, it just feeds the monster. It feeds it. And there's a lot of wonderful evidence-based protocol that can be used uh, with OCD. Like exposure and response prevention is, is, uh, is wonderful. I use that a lot. Um, so I'm just throwing this out there because you might be the one that's having to deal with that horrible thing, you know, the the generalized anxiety disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder, you're not relegated to have to go through that the rest of your life. But you may not be able to get yourself, you know, through it. Fine, that's okay. Go find a therapist, get some help. They can help you. But you have to be willing to let go of it. You have to be willing to do the work of therapy. And good therapy is not easy. Because it requires you to face some things that are uncomfortable. So you either face them, like I've suggested with this anxiety and fear episode, and ask the questions and turn the pages, or you just stay frozen in fear and anxiety. I mean, personally, that doesn't sound like a very good way to live life. And I'll end this episode uh, with my experience uh, and my faith, which I do on some of these episodes. I'll end them with my faith experience. Um, and for those of you who happen to be maybe uh, atheistic or agnostic or don't really want to listen to this part, I understand. That's one of the reasons why I put it at the end. If you don't want to listen, you can just go ahead and just go on, do something else. <laughs> I respect, totally respect that. But my faith walk, my faith journey, and how it's impacted anxiety and fear for me is that I believe that God is in control. And I'm not. That's way above my pay grade. And so I don't see the point worrying. I I heard a phrase one time that I never, ever forgot. And it says, worrying is holding God in contempt. I was like, ooh, 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 ouch. That has some veracity there. And so I just don't see the point really in worrying. And I, my faith helps me a lot with that because it's not like I'm just, walking away from it, I'm actually, if it's, if it's something significant in my life that's causing me some fear and some anxiety, I will take it and I just hand it over to God. And I'm like, God, we both know that I cannot do anything about this. We both know that I am terribly inept and unable to do anything about this, to deal with it, to fix it, to fix me, to anything. And so I'm just going to hand it all over to you. There you go. And then I forget about it. Because why should I keep hanging on to it? It's not going to help anything. 
And I really can leave with these two questions that I pose to my uh, patients when we're dealing with this is, you know, ask yourself two things. Is the worrying that you're doing, is it helping you? Is it strengthening you? You know, is it encouraging you? Okay, if it is, then just keep right on worrying. But I'm thinking it's probably not. A worry tends to drain us of energy. It doesn't tend to give us energy. And the other question is, is your worrying, is it helping the situation? If you're worrying and you're hand-wringing and your fear is helping the situation or helping you, then by all means, keep on going. But my guess would be it's neither helping the situation nor is it helping you. So what's the point of it? So in dealing with anxiety, try to stay in the moment. If it's not happening right now, it's not a reality. But if you insist on launching yourself into the future by the what-if questions, then answer them. Don't allow fear to lock you and to freeze you down into the middle of a terrible situation. Turn the page. Answer the question. Form a solution. Deal with it. And if you can't do it alone, which is perfectly fine, reach out to a friend, a spouse, a partner. Reach out to a therapist. You don't have to do this alone. So that is the last of this particular episode. I hope something that I've said in this episode has been helpful to you. If it has, then I would encourage you strongly to share it with others, tell your friends, post it on your social media. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.